Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. GM, I'm Stacey Elliott, and this is GM from Decrypt. Okay, GM Andrew Hayward, welcome. GM, thanks for having me. Uh, it is so good to have you on. And of course, as our culture editor, we we pull you in when we want to do culture stuff. And today's really exciting because we're talking to a 75-year-old brand, <laughs> or rather someone from <laughs> one. Yes, one of, one of the very forward-thinking people at Adidas, uh, Erica Wick-Sneed. Um, Adidas has been playing in this space for a while now. And, uh, you know, th- there were a lot of brands that entered the space in 2021. But I think that they really stood apart by doing it very natively. Like they they partnered with the Board Ape Yacht Club, with Punk's Comic, with G Money, a notable influencer and builder in the space. There were a lot of brands that were just like, here's NFTs that are our brand and you should buy them because we are a big brand. Um, and they didn't go about it that way. They, they found a way that felt natural and it, it seemed to work out really well for everyone. Yeah. And then just from having followed Erica and heard what she said about this before, at this point, it's easy for us to look at them and say, oh, man, that's a brand doing it right. But she's also been really transparent about like this. This has been a battle. It's been, you know, kind of dicey and it's felt risky at times that they were even doing this at all. So it's it's not always been easy for them. I know she she readily says that. And then, you know, they just launched chapter one of alts, Mm -hmm. you know, this whole avatar collection that they're doing. Yeah, it sounds like getting this whole thing live was, you know, a challenge internally because they are a 75-year-old company, a public traded company. Um, but then also like Web3 is just chaos all the time and it has been evolving so rapidly over, you know, it's it's been 18 months since they came in and it feels like a totally different world now. So um, I'm, I'm sure it has been a challenge on all fronts for them. But the the cool thing is that they seem very dedicated to the space and they're figuring out ways to make it not only work for them and their consumers, but also to help sort of their holders feel like they have an equitable stake in it. Like they actually have some sense of ownership despite it being a major, major massive brand. Yeah. It's been refreshing to see them, you know, basically just really get stuck in. Like they're not just kind of flinging an NFT collection (laughs) at the space and, you know, being like, well, we'll see what this does. Yeah, They they (laughs) could have done that first apparel drop with Board Ape Yacht Club and then just sort of, you know, shrugged and disappeared, but they've continued to support it. The NFTs have sort of evolved into new schemes and uh, opportunities. And it seems like people are still interested and along for the ride. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring Erica on. All right. Erica Wixnead of Adidas. Welcome. So good to have you on GM. Hey, GM, GM. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, So our former area in chief actually saw you and spoke with you at NFT Paris a couple of months ago, but you know, 
you guys have been busy since then. So you want to quickly kind of get us up to speed on what's been going on at Adidas since then? Yeah, we have been a bit busy. I think that was kind of a flyby at NFT Paris. And he asked me a little bit of questions around how we started. And I think you pulled out some alpha from me that was a bit of speculation to what we just launched yesterday. Um, so for the first time, direct-to-consumer just got a bit more community-driven, and we have embedded token-gated access into Adidas. And so yesterday, for the first time ever, token holders of the Adidas NFT were invited to get behind the velvet rope and, for the first time ever, get access to two pieces of token-gated merchandise, a hoodie and a superstar pair of sneakers that are going to be exclusively available for a limited time just to token holders. So that was a a pretty special moment. Um, I think another thing you guys got out of me was to mention that just maybe, maybe we would accept ApeCoin or alternative types of coins as payments. And I think we just accomplished that about a week and a half ago. So for the first time ever, we're taking alternative payments within Adidas. And so that was for individuals who decided to join the community and burn into our next and uh, special project called the Alts by Adidas. So Alts by Adidas is a new avatar project that just went live. It just launched. Um, it is currently underway. People are able to choose what traits and themes they want to associate their avatar and profile picture with, as opposed to just, you know, the traditional method, which is kind of you get what you get and what is left over. So we gave an opportunity for people to have choice up front. And so that has just taken place last week. And that journey will continue. Nice. Uh, yeah, I know that Alts is like this continuation of a project that Adidas started, what, almost 18 months ago, right? Yes. So I think how, so. You know <laughs> December 21. All I know is that's burned in my memory. Yeah, time time moves differently in Web3, I think. It does. Um, <laughs> so, you know, from the start of the project to where it's come to now, how has this concept evolved and how have you sort of learned how to engage with your consumer base in Web3? Yeah, so I think it started as really a, a very culturally credible collaboration, right? We came in as true partners, like equal stake partners with the Board Yacht Club, G-Money, and the Punks Comics. And a lot has changed since then, right? The Board Yacht Club is now Yuga Labs, like a $450 million valuated company. Punks Comic is now an IP company building franchise games, comic books, and more. And so Punks Comics, known as the Marvel of the Metaverse, like that's getting a whole new reimagination. G-Money has launched 90CC, right? Like a crypto native luxury brand. We also have established our own credible presence in the space. And so since then, we've had our own, you know, few firsts which means we came in and, and dropped this NFT uh, that allowed people to redeem physical merchandise as a result of buying into the NFT. And then we kind of let them know we're in this for the long term. We're going to continue to be building and we want you to be like on the front row seat of what Adidas into the metaverse is going to become. The metaverse has gone through its whole change and its whole cycle. Um, we've now since fulfilled all of those tracksuits, hoodies, and beanies. And so everybody who had forged now got that physical merch. Since then, we've also launched the first ever on-chain Adidas collection of 16 hoodies that are 
all individual NFTs that people are holding in smart wallets now um, as the first of a virtual gear collection. We've also um, launched the Alts by Adidas, which just happened last week and so revealed that that's going to be an interactive avatar project that'll you know, continue to roll out and give the alts community real stake and unique utility that's like an access pass in and through the Adidas channels. And then just today or just yesterday, that launched with the first ever token gated access. So front of line pass um, for people that hold that token. We've also since really built up our community. That's been a huge investment for us is to really stand up the discord and put rails around the communication with the community to make sure they have a real stake in where the project is going. And so we've launched the three stripes council. That community was voted in by the 60,000 discord members and the Twitter followers and the token holders. So we have 15 people that have a soul bound token that are sitting in an annual, let's say chair where they get to be a part of the Adidas team, like an extension of our bench. From there, we also have, you know, the, the full-time Discord's up and running, and we hosted two events. Our first one was in Berlin. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm even wrong. Our first one was in Art Basel. Our first one was in Art Basel, Miami last December. Then we went to Berlin just in March, and now we just got back from NFT NYC, where we took over the Fifth Avenue flagship store and had a, a full token-gated access for the community members and, you know, partners of the brand that got to show up for the first time. And, and so we're really bridging the gap between... I think where people, a lot of people are thinking NFT is a, a technology. We absolutely recognize it's a culture. People want to get together. They want to socialize with each other, meet the people that are behind the profile pictures that they know in the Discord. So we're trying to make that a reality with them. Nice. Yeah, you know, talking through all of that, mentioning the Three Stripes Council, you know, it reminds me that when Adidas first came to the space and in the months afterwards, you know, it was really pointed to as an example of a brand doing Web3 right. You know, you engage with native brands, you're engaging with the community. You're not just coming in here and saying like, hey, we're a big brand, buy our stuff. Um, did you feel confident coming into the space like that? And, and why did that approach make sense for Adidas? It did because I think Adidas is such a culture brand. Like we're not a tech brand. We're not a, a digital native brand necessarily. Like we're a 75-year-old company who's always stood for sports, lifestyle, first and foremost. And I was at the time the CMO for Adidas Originals, you know, over overseeing Originals collaborations in basketball. And one thing that was really clear to me is this brand has basically started collaborations, like created it 50 years ago. And, and now we're probably in collaboration fatigue, but it's, it's what we do best is like lift up emerging creators, emerging cultures that don't necessarily have the legitimacy yet or aren't getting recognized by popular culture and we give them a bigger stage. And the brand did that with Run DMC at the time when hip hop was trying to break through and get legitimized in the music space. They were selling out Madison Square Garden, but they weren't yet on the radio and not getting you know mainstream airtime plays. Then you have a brand like Adidas show up and acknowledge them and sponsor them and support them. And now all of a sudden, I mean, 50 years later, this year is the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Look how transformational Run DMC and that like hip hop has become for popular culture, for music, for creator rights. And I think we're 
we saw some parallels in Web3 to that. We saw a lot of digital artists, a lot of creators who recognized like, look, owning my stuff and not having these walled gardens and these intermediaries come in between me and my fan base is really good for us. And we want to blend genres. We don't want to be boxed in. We want to like do things a little bit at the edge. And that very much felt right for Adidas and felt right for a brand like ours to come in and help acknowledge that that culture exists, acknowledge that they're trying to make new creative ways to express yourself and they want to own it and, and, and have stake in what it is they create. And so we're, we were really confident that this was the right move for a brand like ours. Um, and yeah, since then, there's been a lot of brands getting into this space. And I'd say everyone's going to have to find their own unique way that's true to them. But for us, it really started with our values. And it, it did feel right at the time. Even though there were many late nights, I was like, I could get fired for this. Like signing a deal with the Board Ape Yacht Club when Gargamel and Gordon were not doxxed individuals, that got me nervous. Approving the first other ETH, the first ever ETH purchase on a public company, like DAX organizations are pretty uh, risk averse. I was like, definitely could get fired for this. But we brought everybody in the brand along the journey with us, really made sure it was clear why we were doing it, made sure tax and treasury and legal were all right there with us. And so it's been a really rewarding experience. Um, I wanted to ask more about the alts chapter one, right? So I guess the the best analogy, and I'm a gamer, the best analogy I can kind of think of for this is like, right, you're at your character yes. creation screen. You're, you're building yes. and kind of figuring out who you want your avatar to yes. be, what they're going to look like, you know, what their attributes will be. So what kind of adventure story are you about to send people on? Like, can you drop a little alpha on like what some of the further, you know, later chapters are going to be like? We've talked a lot about this. And I think the first type cycle saw people pick up profile pictures that were really just defined by some artists that didn't take into consideration what was unique about Stacy or what's unique about Andrew and what your interests and passions might be to then influence the art and influence the journey that you're going to be going on. So right out of the bat, we wanted this thing to be not your clone, but your alternate you. Like a side of you that lets you explore these alternate sides that you have in everyday life, but you don't necessarily get to express all the time. And so for us, we're building out what that's going to look like, but what you'll end up with is an avatar for you that's going to be unique and special because, say, so you might be in the drips or you might be in the strikes and you might like really want to play up your passion for football or your passion um, for fashion. Andrew, you might want to associate yourself with the amps because you're a big music junkie or the thrills, which is going to be more of the gaming and skate angle that we're going to be taking. And so what we're doing right away is making sure that we take all of the best of what the Adidas brand has access to. And we're going to start putting those into the traits and the gamification elements and activities and excursions and hunts that we go on as a community together. Another thing that makes it unique for this community is we have... Uh, holders in over 130 countries. So we are truly global. Um, and we even saw that with people requesting where they wanted to get their track suits and hoodies and beanies shipped to. And so one thing we're, we're working through now is what are those global platforms or what are those global gamifications that can be as simple as a mobile device or as simple as a community gated event 
at an Adidas store in a key city where people can easily travel to. I think those are the things that we've piloted right now as tests. Um, we haven't done the gaming yet, but we're all working behind the scenes of what that could look like. Um, but right now it's been IRL, real world events and meetups, but more to come. How how different is it planning these in-person events for people who are token holders or in some other way involved in the Three Stripes community to from, you know, other events that you guys have done before? Because as you pointed out, you have people in 130 different countries. So like, how do you choose where you're going to set these things up? And, you know, what's the strategy like there? Yeah, it's a it's honestly, we gave it away. We invited the community and asked them to vote. So the first thing we did was say, we're going to host an event after Art Basel. You tell us where it's going to be. And the community actually is the one who selected Berlin. And so then we had to scramble and work with the local Berlin team to figure out, okay, which store, because we have multiple footprints there. What's the right timing? How do we want to pull this off? And so we ended up identifying after hours and doing things after hours when the store is closed gives us more freedom to be able to build programming and experiences that are unique to what holders are interested in. It's also, we're, we're trying some new things. We're, we're inviting people to come in to the store and actually have an opportunity to also present their artwork from the community that isn't necessarily, you know, the well-known established elitist creatives that, you know, already have a, a household name. So that's something else we're doing is wanting to make sure we're really staying true to the culture of Web3 and giving those emerging artists a chance to have a break. So Super Blast and Roz and Mike Fogg are just three of the artists that we've brought up to sell open edition or limited edition NFT art with us, um, either produced on merchandise or as their own medium of choice, whether it's canvas or a digital piece of artwork you can own. So, you know, we're we're also open to doing things with other, you know, NFT communities. We just joined up with G Money as well and, and jumped in on his scavenger hunt and then created a whole special section of his scavenger hunt in NFT NYC. So we're, we're doing things on our own. We're, we're going to pilot community meetups where some of these things are community led that had nothing to do with us. Um, I joined a breakfast recently led by the Three Stripes Council also by our moderators. That was such a fun experience to get to hang out with them. And I'm not going to lie, I was surprised they were not just hung over from partying. Everybody was like really up early, ready to go to NFT Paris and like listen to the panels. So we're, we're, we're trying a few things. We'll be right back after this. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I know that in Web3, at least for a while, it was all about, oh, the metaverse is coming, it's all digital. But it sounds very much like Adidas is grounding this in the real world with events, with physical product. How important is that not only for Adidas, you know, as a, a long running company coming into this space, but perhaps even for Web3 more broadly to not just focus on digital? Yeah, you know what? 
I think Web3, like the pillars we've been thinking about, one of them is community and you have to build community in the real world. Like people want to get to know each other. And I felt like this last generation with Web2 and social media and the, you know, the rise of Instagram is all about access. Brands were always talking about access and wanting to unlock access. I think we're past that now. Like people are looking to find a like-minded community and they want to build lifelong bonds. And the bonds you're building in gaming worlds and gameplay with your friends and the conversations you're having in Discord and even like as silly as it sounds with a meme chat back and forth, there are lifelong friends being forged in these spaces. And so I think it's important you do both. You know, you give them a chance to have an open forum and Adidas is giving them that platform so they can jump in our Discord anytime. We're hosting chats in the Discord that are community-led and run, but we also want to give them that space to meet up in the real world. Um, And there are people who have struck business relationships by just meeting. There's people that are now dating. There's people that are now friends that have met at some of our, you know, community events. So I think it's just proving the point that like, this isn't just hiding behind the keyboard. Like this really does feel like a cultural movement and people do are believing that this is something bigger than just themselves. Yeah. Following on from that point, I wanted to get your take on a term that I know can make some people cringe, fidgetal this sort of pairing of physical and digital to create products or experiences. Um, first yes. off, would Adidas use that term officially in marketing? And no. does that work for consumers? <laughs> <laughs> we hate that word. We hate that word and we have completely banned it. Like the the meme in my mind is Elmo standing there in fire, holding his arms up saying ban. Like that's how we feel about that word fidgetal. It's also difficult because there's not a better word. And so sometimes these words stick and I'm like, look, I get it. It's a silly word, but it's kind of stuck. Just like I wish we could change the word metaverse because it now means nothing to no one and we've thrown everything into the bag, but it's kind of stuck. So no, we don't say fidgetal. We're talking about connected merch. That's how we've been talking about it. Connected merch, we also call... um, It doesn't necessarily have to be merch, connected, networked. That's something that we're starting to play with and starting to explore. And we just recently launched an NFC patched or piloted, I wouldn't say. It wasn't a full launch. We just put out a small pilot of a shirt that we revealed at the New York event for the Alts by Adidas branding. And what it had was an NFC patch. That patch and what you can do, it's funny. How old is that tech? Like 10 years? Like how old is QR codes? Like 20? I mean, none of this stuff is new, but Internet of Things is having a second resurgence. And then I think at CES, they called it metaverse of things. Like whatever the terminology is, I do think connected apparel and networked apparel that's going to give you some sort of token gated access or unique benefit because you're a holder of something. And now we can put that on, on chain. So it's individualized. It's, you know, permissionless. That's where I think some magic is going to start to happen, but I believe we're just scratching the surface. AR filters, we've done that. This this jacket actually is an, an AR trigger. So if you hold up Snapchat, you can unlock a filter and you can change the colors of this jacket. Yes, I think it's fun. It's gamification. It's like a fun way you can flex your you know outfit and with a little bit of a digital gimmick, but I don't know that it's really solving a problem yet for now. So I think we're really just playing with the novelty of it and just getting started. 
I want to stick with metaverse for a little bit because I I do think you're right that at this point it kind of doesn't really mean anything. There was a while, I want to say maybe in 2021, and this is right around the time when you guys stepped in, that like everyone was really frothy and like hyped up about metaverse. And it seemed like, you know, this has taken off, like Grayscale even launched some funds linked to metaverse tokens. Um, So I wanted to ask you to kind of walk us through what the decision making was like for choosing the sandbox and then kind of flip it and just ask, where do you think the metaverse is going? If it's even going to keep being called that. So what is it today? If I was to really dumb it down, it's like 3d video. Like I feel like the metaverse today is 3d video, but we've packed in AR, VR, gaming, internet of things like that word you'd said, the forbidden word. Uh, It's all kind of fitting into this big term. And thank God Meta finally came out and said, look, for us, it's VR. I'm like, thank you. Like, can th- at least you just let people know what it means to you in a term that's no longer this ambiguous thing. I do believe that there's going to be this like network and connectivity where objects that are maybe commodities are going to start having some sort of utility or entertainment or information that they're going to be emitting and there's going to be a conversation between objects and your interests, your passions and whatever you want to share um, in the digital world that people can unlock and can access and can play with and gamify. I know that sounds really, really vague, but like, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking like the, the blockchain is going to be the pizza dough. And then you're going to have the web three culture of ownership and creativity as like the sauce And then I'm imagining that the cheese is going to be maybe AI and some of these new like platforms because people are now getting the ability to make immersive worlds and apps and they're coding and they're creating avatars and they're creating interactive stories and content and music. And in such amazing ways, that's going to be the cool shit that sits on top. And so like what we do with it, I think is really now is the right time where a lot of foundations are built and it's time for creatives and creators to come in and riff on top of what we've been building. Um, and, and hopefully, I mean, I've, I've seen some really interesting use cases out there that we're keeping an eye on that we're very inspired by. Um, hopefully we'll do some things of our own that, that help to legitimize you know, what, how this technology can help bring people together in interesting ways. But I think, again, on that, like we're at the beginning. Uh, Stacy mentioned the Sandbox. Adidas has also partnered with the Board Ape Yacht Club, Punk's Comics. Uh, you know, when you are considering partners in the space to uh, associate with or platforms to build on, what are the considerations that come to mind in terms of risk and reward? I mean, I know some of these partners had only been around for a few months by the time you associated with them. You know, it's, it's tricky, right? Because this balance of wanting to be first, best, and only but then you're a 75 year old brand. And if you mess it up, you, you have a lot to lose. And so like you're balancing reputational risk as well. It started number one with us really being clear of like, who are we, what do we stand for? And how do we cross that bridge into web three? Where do our values align and where do we shine? And so that was right away for us. It was like starting to define it as the open metaverse. That's why we went into web three. We didn't just go into Web 2 or Web 2.5, if you want to call it. We, we wanted to make sure we work with other sorts of partners and creators that are also disrupting the space to really give the power back to creators. That was important to us, giving power back to creators. Another thing that was important to us was education. There's a lot of still at the time 
let's say, grifting. There was maybe shilling of projects that weren't really legitimized. So we absolutely wanted to stay away from crypto. We wanted to stay far, far away from anything that looked like it was going to be in a space. So like when fintechs and finance and FTX and some of those catastrophes had happened, like we kind of saw them coming. I can't say we like, but we also were like, that's not anything that has to do with our values. We want to be for creators and give them ownership rights and stake in the brand. That's what's interesting to us. So, and keeping people safe. So like right off the bat, it was like Punk's comic was right up there with us because here they were also using something as simple as a comic book to teach you what an NFT is. Like you don't even have to know what an NFT is. Everybody knows it's a comic book and you can own it. Board Ape Yacht Club gave you commercial rights embedded into all 10,000 apes. I think a couple have been <laughs> burned for life, but like all, if, if you own a board ape, you have commercial rights. That was a huge, huge move. G Money, he was doing a lot of education and inspirational thought leadership to remove the barriers for the space, make it more universally accessible. And so you can see then how we mapped our values to what mattered to us in Web3 and why we were there, what we thought our role could be, and then who would be a great partner of ours. I think we continue to be led by that, um, which is you know some of the early relationships and partners that we've struck. We've gone on and done some really interesting things with them. Um, but it's a constant space that we're like evolving. We get a lot of outreach. Not everything is right. I think another thing, Andrew, we're not always ready for every awesome idea that comes our way. Um, we're, we're in the midst of trying to stand up some real operational rails because we're a new, we're at a new time. This is a new paradigm shift. And it took us, I mean, maybe five months from getting a year ago, we wanted to do a year and a half ago, we talked about token gated access and putting membership on blockchain, like over a year and a half ago. But like the realization of things is now happening because we needed to wait for tech to be enterprise ready. So not everyone's ready. We have these awesome ideas of interoperability, right? And composability that I'm going to get this digital skin and be able to flex it across my digital worlds and my identities. That's not a reality. Like you have to go out as a brand and do a bunch of commercial deals with gaming worlds. That is not close to a reality yet. That's a great ambition. So I think that's also the push and pull we have with the space is like, who's ready to do it at our scale? Who can do it in a risk averse way? And if your game, like, and if the roadmap makes sense and the time is right, you know, we want to build with you. Uh, just a couple more questions for you. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the idea of ownership, you know, giving users and consumers that feeling like they have a stake in this, but you're also a 75 year old company. I'm, I'm sort of curious how you float that through internally and get people on board so that you can even launch something like this? Yeah, I mean, those conversations around putting the Adidas trefoil and our iconic footwear, like the Adidas Forum or the Three Stripes on a decentralized ledger had probably 25 lawyers on those calls. It was like everybody was on. Um, and it took a lot of debate and discussion, but also because precedent hadn't been established yet. But we also were willing to take a bit of a risk because it just also seemed right to us that like, okay, this space is going to have somewhat of the same governance in some ways. We thought, you know, regulation is absolutely going to come in and keep coming in. But we've kind of, I don't know, we've we've seen some of this before. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we'd also look for patterns. And so we thought, you know, if people are making stuff in Roblox, it's gray label and it isn't officially from the brand, 
there's going to be an opportunity for brands to come in and, you know, clean up the space and make sure that when they really want to have their own representation that represents them in the best way, like they own it. Like we felt like that was going to be fair and justified in the future. And so I think we debated the business risks. We absolutely had eyes wide open. We made sure everybody was heard, but then we did take calculated risks, I would say, things that still made sense to us. Now we're thinking about alts by Adidas, which is, you know, 30,000 tokens are out there. I think just about 15,000 people have now redeemed and said they want to go on this journey and the numbers climbing. And we want to give them some sort of stake. And so that's another conversation we're having is what can we give to these individuals that can help them use the Adidas brand as a launch pad without diluting the fact that we also have a business to protect and a premiumness to protect so that it matters in 10, 20, 30 years, the next 75. So those are the, the debates we're having now and we're having those live. Um, I will say we're also learning from the space as well. There's plenty of other ideas that are living precedent and legal battles that are going to go on and we'll learn from that too. But I still think in the core, we want to do what's best for the creator and help be a platform for them just like we have been for the last 50 plus years. I wanted to ask about, because we've talked about it a few times um, during the conversation about creators' rights. Um, as, and I know you know, <laughs> there's a huge debate going on in the community about creator royalties and, and whether or not those have to be enforced, what's the value, who's supposed to profit and win when they create something. So I, I'm just curious to know your thoughts on it. I mean, it's just, it's so prescient and it's been roiling for months now. Yeah. And it's getting even more convoluted with AI right now as well. I like adding another layer into the mix. You know, at the end of the day, we, we really do enable and support up and coming creators. Like it's just in the DNA, right? We've enabled Grace Wells Bonner to come into the Adidas archive and, and, do what she wants to do to stand up as the designer for African diaspora by hacking everything we've done in the past. We helped people like Kanye West do that, right? He got to go in and, and build an R&D department off of what Adidas intellectual property already had to build his brand and his business and his vision. You know, supported Beyonce moving from a musician to being legitimized as a fashion designer and taking Ivy Park to the world helping Bad Bunny fans, you know, learn about music in Spanish in China, like for the first time, like really help push that. I think for us, creators definitely deserve a right. And, and we stressed this when we developed the very first smart contract and the royalty split between us, the board at Biot Club, Punks Comics, and G-Money, and we went with equal split. And that was high risk because we knew we had to take on the operating costs to then produce the products and ship those. And we ended up paying for the cost of goods, total bespoke production of a tracksuit out of Adidas Rails. We pay for the global shipping to all 130 countries and all of the customs fees, which is bonkers. And we think, though, it was the right thing to do at the time. Now we're working on finding that right balance. And I think marketplaces, if they're going to be removing royalty fees, it really 
puts a damper on why go into this space and launch your craft and pursue your craft and try to legitimize it on blockchain if the remuneration opportunity no longer exists or it's not as lucrative as it once was. So I think they, we need to find the incentives and the value exchange that makes sense, that keeps asking new creators and originality and inventors and engineers and to come in this space. Otherwise, I think that it's just not going to be incentivized anymore and people are going to walk away and look for the next platform to be building upon. So if you really believe in ownership rights, if you truly believe that creators should have a direct relationship with their fans, you know, I think some of those short-term moves of removing royalties need to be reconsidered. Um, and, and hopefully there's going to be a lot of discussion debate about remuneration. But I also now with AI... You know, I know there's plenty of stuff I've produced or the teams have produced that's now sitting in, you know, mid-journey and stable diffusion that people are riffing off of Adidas designs and collections from the past and the brand's not making remuneration on that. We're not getting royalty kickbacks from that. And the genie's out of the bottle. So I think now it becomes, okay, what do we do with it? Like, how are we also going to be part of this movement? What can we do that's going to enable creators who want to riff off of our IP to then have some sort of legitimacy in design and, and getting visibility. What's the right move for us? I think we're working through that now. I think a lot of brands are going to have to start working through that now. But that to me is also why when I think about AI, I think about, God, it needs Web3 and blockchain. Like I really feel like those two things need to converge and come together. You know, I had AI pretty, like, it's on my list of things I wanted to talk with you about. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to kind of have an in here to get AI, but I'm so glad you brought it up. So I kind of want to end there and talk about, you know, how significant is it that AI has now entered the chat with Web3? I think it's, I think it's incredibly significant because again, if, if we're moving from the shared economy to the creator economy and creator rights, like you just said, need a place to live and they need you know, to have permanence and record, then it needs blockchain. And blockchain enables that. Now, is blockchain yet scalable? Is it easy to code on? Is it going to be an app for a billion users any day soon? No. But I think that's the discussion and debate that we need to be having such that we're eliminating synthetic content that's like the deep fakes or the negative content and salacious material that's putting out, you know, stuff that isn't necessarily, that it, this is somewhat harmful. So I think that those things should and need to converge at some point. Um, and I think it's best for the creator also. All right. Um, Erica Wicksneed, it's been so good to have you on. I'm glad we were able to, to get you back after you briefly ran into us at NFT Paris. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That's our show today. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to GM wherever you podcast. And if you head to our website, decrypt.co, you can find the full videos of every interview with every guest. Finally, we have a telegram room for our loyal GM listeners. The address is t.me slash GM podcast. There you can message me and the other hosts, suggest future guests, share comments, and ask questions. That's t.me slash GM podcast. GM. GM.